chapter 1 narrative jason the lost hero even before he got electrocuted jason was having a rotten day he walked in the back seat of a school bus not sure where he was holding hands with a girl he didn't know okay that wasn't the necessarily the rotten part the girl was cute but he couldn't figure out who she was or what he was doing there. He sat up and rubbed his eyes, trying to think. A few dozen kids sprawled in the seats in front of him, listening to iPods, talking or sleeping. They all looked around his age. 15? Uh, 16? Okay, okay, that was scary. He didn't know his own age. The bus rumbled along a bumpy road. Out in the windows, the desert rolled by under a bl- bright blue sky. Jason was pretty sure he didn't live in the desert. He tried to think back. The last thing he remembered... Um, okay, the girl squeezed his hand. Jason, are you okay? She wore faded jeans, hiking boots, and a fleece snowboarding jacket. Her chocolate brown hair was cut choppy and uneven, with thin strands braided down to the side. She wore no makeup, like she was trying not to draw attention to herself, but it didn't work. She was seriously pretty. Her eyes seemed to change color, like a kaleidoscope. Blue, brown, green. Jason let go of her hand. Um, uh, I don't know. In front of the bus, the teacher shouted, Alright, cupcakes, listen up. The guy was obviously a coach. His baseball cap was pulled low over his hair, so he could just see his beady eyes. He had a wispy goatee and a sour face, like he'd eaten something very moldy. His buff arms and chest pulled uh, against a bright orange polo shirt. His nylon workout pants and nikes were spotless white. A whistle hung from his neck, and a microphone for, and a megaphone was clipped to his belt. He would have looked pretty scary if it if he hadn't been five feet zero. Then he stood up on the agile. One of the students caught. Stand up, coach Hedge. I heard that. The coach scanned the bus for the fender. Then he f- fixed his eyes on Jason and the scowl deepened. A jolt went down Jason's spine. He was sure the coach knew he didn't belong there. He was going to call Jason out, demand who he was, doing on the bus. And Jason wouldn't have a clue what to say. But Coach Hedge looked away and cleared his throat. We'll arrive in five minutes. Stay with your partner. Don't lose your worksheet. And if any of you little precious cupcakes causes any trouble on this trip, I will personally send you back to the campus the hard way. He picked his baseball bat and made like he was hitting a homer. Jason looked at the girl next to him. Can he talk to us that way? She shrugged. Always does. This is the wilderness school. 
where the kids are animals. She said it like it was some joke that she had before. This is some kind of mistake. Oh, I'm not supposed to be here, Jason mumbled. The boy in front of him turned and laughed. Yeah, right, Jason. We've all been framed. I didn't run away six times and Piper didn't steal a BMW. The girl blushed. I did steal that car, Leo. Oh, I forgot, Piper. What was your story? You talked the dealer into lending it to you? He raised his eyebrows at Jason like, Can you believe her? Leo looked like a Latino Santa elf with curly black hair, pointy ears, a cheerful babyish face, and a mischievous smile. I told you right away, this guy shouldn't be trusted around matches or any sharp objects. His long, nimble fingers won't stop moving, drumming on the seat, sweeping his hair behind his ears, fiddling with the buttons of his army and the felic jacket. Either the kid was naturally hyper, or he was hopped on enough sugar and caffeine to give a heart attack to a water buffalo. Anyway, Leo said, I hope you got your worksheet, because I use mine for spit whites day ago. Why are you looking at like that? Somebody drew on my face again? I don't know you, Jason said. Leo gave him a crocodile grin. Sure, I'm not your best friend, and I'm his evil clone. Leo Walters! Coach Hedge yelled from the front. Problem back there? Leo winked at Jason. Watch this. He turned to the front. Sorry, coach. I was having trouble hearing you there. Could you use your megaphone, please? Coach had grunted like he was pleased to have an excuse. He unclipped the megaphone from his belt and continued giving directions. But his voice came off like dot feathers. Kids cracked up. The coach tried again, but this time the megaphone blared. A cow says, moo! Kids howl and the, and the coach slammed down the megaphone. Walters! Piper stiffened and laughed. Oh my god, Leo, how did you do that? Leo slipped a tiny Phillips head screwdriver from his sleeve. I'm a special boy. Why, seriously? Jason pleaded. What am I doing here? Where are we going? Piper knit her eyebrows. Jason, are you joking? I have no, I have no idea. Oh yeah, I'm joking, Leo said. He's trying to get me back for that shaving cream on the jello thing, aren't you? Jason stared at him blankly. Oh uh, no, I think he's trying, he's serious. Piper tried to take his hand again, but he pulled it away. I'm sorry, I, I can't, he said. That's it, coach had yelled from the front. The back row jet volunteered to clean up after lunch. The rest of the kids cheered. That's a shocker, you know? Leo muttered. But Piper kept her eyes on Jason like she couldn't decide whether to be hurt or worried. Do you hit your head on something? 
you really don't know who we are? Jason shrugged helplessly. It's worse than that. I don't know who I am. The bus dropped them in front of a big red stucco complex like a museum. Uh, just sitting in the middle, middle of nowhere. Maybe that's what it was. The National Museum of Nowhere, Jason thought. A cold wind blew across the desert. Jason had, hadn't paid much attention to what he was wearing, but it nearly wasn't warm enough. These jeans, sneakers, and a purple t-shirt, and a thin black windbreaker. So, a crash course for the amnesiac, Leo said in a helpful tone and made Jason think this wasn't going to be any helpful. We go to the wilderness school. Jason made air quotes with his finger. Which means we are bad kids. Your family or the court or whoever decided that you were too much trouble. So they shipped you away to this lovely prison. Oh, I'm sorry. A boarding school in Armpit, Nevada, where you can learn valuable nature skills like running 10 miles a day to through cacti and weaving daisies into hats and a special treat that we go on educational field trips with Coach Edge who gives up his order with a baseball bat. Is it all coming to you now? No. Jason glanced apprehensively at the other kids. Maybe 20 guys and half that many girls. None of them look like hardened criminals. But he wondered what they'd all done to get sentenced to a school for delinquents. And he did wonder why he belonged with them. Leo rolled his eyes. You really want to play this out, huh? Okay, uh, so the three of us started here together this semester. We are totally tight. You do everything I say. Give me a desert, do my chores. Leo! Piper snapped. Fine, fine. Okay, I ignore that last part. But we are friends. Okay, Piper's a little bit more than a friend from the last few weeks. Leo, stop it. Piper's face turned red. Jason could feel his face burning too. He thought he'd remember if he'd be going out with a girl like Piper. He's got amnesia or something. Leo, we've got to tell somebody, Piper said. Leo scoffed. Who? Hedge. Coach Hedge. He'd been trying, he'd try to fix Jason by whacking him upside on the head. The coach was at the front of the group, barking orders and blowing his whistle to keep the kids in line. But every so often, he'd glance back at Jason and scowl. Jason, I mean, Leo, Leo, Jason needs help, Piper insisted. He's got a concussion or your Piper. One of the other guys dropped back to join themselves as a group was heading to the museum. The new guy wedged himself between Jason and Piper and knocked down Leo. Don't talk to this bottom feeders. 
You're my partner, remember? The new guy had a dark haircut, Superman style, and a deep tan and teeth so white they should have come in with a warning level. Do not stare directly at teeth. Permanent blindness may occur. He wore a Dallas cowboy jersey, western jeans and boots and smiled like he was God's gift to jewel and delicate girls everywhere. Jason hated him instantly. Go away, Dylan, Piper grumbled. I didn't ask to work with you. Ah, that's no way to be. This is your lucky day. Dylan hooked his arm through hers and dragged her to the museum entrance. Piper shot one last look over her shoulder like, nine, one, one. Uh, Leo got up and brushed himself off. Oh gosh, I hate that guy. He offered Jason his arm like he should go skipping inside together. Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm so cool. I want to date myself, but I can't figure it out. You want to date me? Oh, you're so lucky. Leo chimed. Leo, Jason said. You're really weird. Yeah, you tell me that a lot. Leo grinned. But if you really don't remember me, that means I could really use all my jokes. Come on. Jason figured that this wasn't, if this was his best friend, his life must be pretty messed up. But he still followed Leo into the museum. They walked through the building, stopping here and there for coach heads to lecture them with his megaphone, which alternatively made him sound like Sith Lord or blared out random comments like, The pig says oink! And Leo kept pulling out nuts, bolts, pipe cleaners from the pockets of his army jacket and putting them together. Like he had to keep his hands busy every single minute. Oh, yeah. Jason was too distracted to pay much attention to his exhibition. But they were about at the Grand Canyon and the Hula Pie Drive, which owned the museum, of course. Some girls kept looking over at Piper and Dylan and snickering. Jason figured that these girls were the popular clique. They They wore matching jeans, pink tops, and enough makeup for a Halloween party. One of them said, Hey Piper, does this your tribe run this place? Or do you get in free with if you do a rain dance? The other girls laughed. Your Piper's so-called partner suppressed a smile. Piper's snowboarding jacket sleeves hid the hid her hands, but Jason had the feeling that she was clenching her fists. My dad's a chirioki, she said. Not a hulalapai. Of course, you need a few brain cells to know the difference, Isabel. Isabel widened her eyes in mock surprise so that she looked like an owl with makeup addiction. Oh, sorry. Was your mom in this tribe? Of course, you did never even knew your mom. Piper charged her. But before a fight could start, coach has barked. Enough back there. Set a good example or I'll break out my baseball bat. The group shuffled onto the next exhibit. 
But the girls kept calling out little comments to Piper. Good to be back on the race. One asked in a sweet voice. Dad's probably to drop to work. Another said with fake sympathy. That's why she thought Klepto. Piper ignored them. But Jason was ready to punch them himself. Might not remember Piper or even who he was, but he knew he hated mean kids. Leo caught his arm. Be cool. Piper doesn't like us fighting all her battles. Besides, if those girls find out the truth about her dad, oh, they'll all be bowing down to her and screaming, We're not worth it. Why? What about her dad? Leo laughed in disbelief. You're not kidding. You really don't remember that your girlfriend said, Look, I wish I did, but I don't even remember her, much less her dad. Leo whistled. Whew, whatever. We have to talk when we go back to dawn. The far end of the exhibit where some big glass doors led out to a terrace. All right, cupcakes, Coach Heads announced. You're about to see the Grand Canyon. Try not to break it. The Skywalk can hold the weight of 70 jumbo jets, so you better avoid to be safe out there. If possible, try avoiding pushing each other over the edge. Uh, that would cost me extra paperwork, of course. Coach opened the doors and they all stepped outside. Grand Canyon spread before them, live and in person. Extending over the edge was a horseshoe-shaped walkway made of glass, so you could see right through it. Man, Leo said, that was pretty wicked. Jason had to agree. Despite his amnesia and his feeling that he didn't belong there, oh, he couldn't have helped be impressed. The canyon was bigger and wider than you can appreciate from the picture. They were up so high that the birds circled below their feet. 500 feet down, a river snaked along the canyon floor. Banks of storm clouds had moved overhead while they had been inside, casting shadows like angry faces along the cliffs. As far as Jason could see in any direction, Red and grey ravines cut through the desert like some crazy god had taken a knife to it. Jason got a piercing pain behind his eyes. Crazy gods! Where had he come up with that idea? He felt like he'd gotten close to something really important, something he might know. He also got the unmistakable feeling he was in danger. You alright? Leo asked. Not going to throw up over the side, right? Oh, man, I knew I should have bought in my grand camera. Jason grabbed the railing. He was shivering and sweaty, but it had nothing to do with heights, of course. He blinked and the pain behind his eyes rubbed I'm fine. I'm fine. Just a, just a little headache, he managed. Thunder rumbled over the Cold wind almost knocked him sideways. This can't be safe. Leo squinted at the clouds. Storm's right over us, but it's clear all the way around. 
Weird, huh? Leo looked up and saw that Leo Jason was right. Dark circle of clouds had parked itself over the sidewalk, but the rest of the sky in every direction was perfectly. Jason had a bad feeling about that. All right, cupcakes, Coach Hedge yelled. He frowned at the storm like it bothered him too. We have may have to cut this short, so get to work. Remember, complete the sentences. Storm rumbled and Jason's head began to hurt again. Not knowing why he did that, he reached into his jeans pockets and brought out a coin. A circle of gold the size of a half dollar, but thicker and more uneven. Standing on the one side was a picture of a battle axe. On the other was some guy's face, red thin laurels. The inscription some said something like Evelis. Dang, is that gold? Leo asked. You've been holding that out on me. Jason put the coin away, wondering how he'd come to have it and why he had the feeling that it wasn't going it was going to need soon. Oh it's nothing, he said. Oh just a coin. Leo shrugged. Maybe his mind has had to keep moving as much as his hands. Come on. Dare you to spit over the edge. They didn't try very hard on the worksheet. For one thing, Jason was too distracted by the storm and his own mix-up feelings. For another thing, he didn't have any idea how to name three sedimentary strata you observe or describe two uh, examples of erosion. Leo was no help. He was too busy building a helicopter out of pipe cleaners. Hey, check this out. He launched the copter. Jason figured it would plummet, but the pipe clean cleaner actually spun. The little copter made it halfway across the canyon before it lost momentum and spiraled into the void. How do you do that? Jason asked. Leo shrugged. Oh man, would have been cooler if I had some rubber bands. Seriously, Jason asked. Are we friends? Last I checked. You sure? When was the first day we met? What did we talk about? Yeah, Jason asked. Oh, it was um, Leo frowned. I don't recall exactly. I'm ADHD man. You can't expect me to re- remember details. But I don't remember you at all. I don't remember any one year. What if what if you're right and everyone else is wrong? Leo asked. You think you just appeared here this morning and we all got fake memories of you? A little voice in Jason's head said, That's exactly what I think. But it sounded crazy. Everybody here took him from for granted. Everyone acted like he was a normal part of the class. Except for Coach Hedge. There's the worksheet. Jason handed Leo the paper. I'll be right back. Before Leo could protest, Jason headed across the skywalk. The school group had the 
uh, had the place to themselves maybe it was too early for in the day for tourists or maybe the weird weather has scared them off the wilderness school for kids had spe- uh, spread out in pairs across the skywalk most were joking or talking some of the guys were dropping pennies over the side about 50 feet away piper was trying to fill out her worksheet but her stupid partner dilan was hitting on her putting his hand on her shoulders giving that white blinding smile she kept pushing him away when she saw jason and gavin they looked like throttle this guy for me please Jason motioned her to hang on. He walked up to Coach Hedge, who was leaning on his baseball bat, studying the storm clouds. Did you do this? The coach asked him. Jason took a step back. Do what? Sounded like the coach had just asked if he made the thunderstorm. Coach Hedge glared at him, his beady little eyes glinting again under the brim of his cap. Don't play games with me, kid. What are you doing here and why are you messing up my job? You mean you don't know me? Jason asked. I'm not one of your students. Hitch snorted. Never seen you before today. Jason was so relieved he almost wanted to cry. At least he wasn't going insane. He was in the wrong place. Look, sir, I don't know you. I don't know how I got here. I just woke up on the school bus. All I know is that I'm not supposed to be here. Ah, that right. Head's gruff voice stopped, dropped to a murmur like you were sharing a secret. You got a powerful way with the mist, kid. If you can make all these people think that you, they know you, but you cannot fool me. I've been smelling monsters for days now. I knew you had an infiltrator, but you don't smell like a monster. You smell like a hackler. So who are you? Where did you come from? Most of what the coaches said didn't make the least sense to Jason, but he decided to answer honestly. Sir, I don't know who I am. I don't have any memories. You got to help me out. Coach had studied his face like he was trying to read Jason's thoughts. Great, you are being truthful. Of course I am, sir. And what is all the thing about monsters and half-bloods? Are those code words or something? Hitch narrowed his eyes. Part of Jason wondered whether this guy was just nuts. But the other part knew better. Look, kid. I don't know who you are, I just know what you are, and it means trouble. Now I've got to protect the three of you, rather than the two of you. And you're the special package, is that it? What are you talking about? Hitch looked over the storm. The clouds were getting thicker and darker, hovering over the sidewalk. This morning, Coach said, I got a message from camp. They said an extraction team is on the way. They are coming to pick up a special package.
uh, but they won't give me the details. I thought to myself, fine, this the door. Um, I'm watching the two I'm watching are pretty powerful, older than the most. I know why they're being stopped. I can smell a monster in the group. Figure out that's why the camp is suddenly frantic to pick them up. But then you pop out of nowhere. So are you the special package? The pain behind Jason's eyes got even worse than ever. Half bloods. Camp monsters. He still didn't know what Hitch was talking about, but the words gave him a massive brain feel, like his mind was trying to access some information that should have been there, but wasn't. He stumbled and Coach Hedge caught him up. For a short eye, the coach had hands like steel. Whoa there, cupcake. You said you got no memories, huh? Fine, I just have to watch you too. Until the team gets here. We'll let the director figure things out. What director? Jason said. What camp? Just sit tight, kid. Reinforcements should be here. Hopefully nothing happens before... Lightning crackled overhead. The wind picked up with a vengeance. Worksheets flew in in the Grand Canyon and the entire bridge shuddered. The kids screamed, stumbling and grabbing their rails. I had to say something. The hedge grumbled. He bellowed into his megaphone. Everyone inside! The cow says more. Off the skywalk! I thought you said this thing was stable! Jason shouted over the wing. Under normal circumstances, which these aren't. Come on! 